Welcome to Primer, a podcast that gets you closer to the heart of the matter. As you may know, the Primer is a small cap at the base of ammunition that when struck by a firing pin goes BAM. It ignites the gunpowder and sends the bullet downrange. The point of the podcast is like that, to get you going in the right direction quickly by briefly tackling a variety of subjects like books, people, events, issues, whatever. After listening, if you want to take it further, you can. Episodes and more information can be found at personalprimer.com. I'm Joe McCormick, and let's get you primed on the greatest sea battle in history, the Battle of Lepanto. I am really mesmerized by this event and going all the way back to when I was in high school studying medieval history and the history of the Catholic Church. Um, October 7th, 1571 is emblazoned in my brain. I can't remember what I did two weeks ago, but I remember 1571 as a very, very important historical date. And I wanted to dive deeper, no pun intended, into this battle, this naval battle, this battle of Lepanto. And why am I talking about this? Well, first and foremost, I'm fascinated by it, but it was a turning point, an epic battle, the largest sea battle in history. And it was a turning point for Europe. Um, Europe was at the at, at the point of being overrun by the Ottoman Empire, by Islam, and this was a decisive victory um, to thwart the imminent invasion of the the Ottoman Empire into Europe. So it's captured my imagination. I want to talk about it. Um, if I ask people nowadays if they heard of the Battle of Lepanto, most people would say no. And you talk to historians, anybody that's studied um History, specifically Western history and the history of the church, knows how significant this battle was to commerce. Um, at the time, you have um, the Ottoman Empire, Islam controlling um, Constantinople, which is um, no longer Constantinople, it's Istanbul and still is to this day. All of North Africa, sort of the rim of the Mediterranean wrapping around is all controlled by Islam, by Muslim forces. Um, Jerusalem is, is fallen. Um, there's no longer um, pilgrimages to the Holy Land. Um, the, at the same time in Europe, you have the Protestant Reformation. The Catholic Church is splintered, weakened, and um, there is uh, the sort of in, this imminent threat that the empire is moving west, this Ottoman Empire is moving west into um, into Europe, and this is this decisive battle. So I want to talk about that today at, in some, at a high level. I'm going to point you to a Primer Plus interview with a Professor uh, Susan Hansen at the University of Dallas who gives a fascinating re- retelling of not only the battle, but its significance, its deeper significance. So when I go back to high school remembering this, what captured my imagination first and foremost was the call from the Pope to all Christians, to all Catholics, to pray the rosary, to pray the rosary. And, and that was our defense. And when the battle was won, in surprise, kind of dr- dramatic fashion, um, uh, the, the, the Pope called Our Lady, Our Lady of Victory. And for me, that captured my imagination because of the power of the rosary is a spiritual weapon against against evil, against oppression. Um, and 
that all Christians got on their knees that day and prayed and prayed and prayed just at a young age, just captured my imagination. I was like, this is amazing how prayer is our, our best weapon. And, um, and I think today to, to the threat of evil in our world and, you know, we're good is bad and bad is good and it seems dark and it seems threatening and ominous. And certainly you have oppressive forces, you know, ISIS and radical Islam, but it's not limited to that. It's the threat of secularism and nihilism and political correctness and cancel culture and all these things that threaten our liberties and our freedom. And it feels very dark. Um, and how do we battle back? And I, I think back to the Battle of Lepanto as not only a historical turning point, but a spiritual one. And praying the rosary could be our best weapon. And certainly at the time when the Pope um, called out, when Pope Pius V called out of all Christendom to pray the rosary, that that was the smartest thing that he could have done. So let's, let's dive into this at kind of a, a higher level, what, what happened. Um, as I mentioned, it was a turning point, and you have two major forces. You've got the forces of the Ottoman Empire, the, 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 the Islam and Turk and Turk, Turkey. And you've got this kind of ragtag coalition. It kind of makes us think that Christianity with the Holy Roman Empire was sort of one thing, but in, in reality it wasn't. So um, you have these uh, basically like a ragtag band of brothers, for lack of a better word. The Holy League is, is uh, the Spanish Empire, so the kingdoms of, of Naples, Sardinia and Sicily, Venice, the Papal States, Genoa, Savoy... As I mentioned, Spain, um, Tuscany, the Knights of Malta. They, these were all sort of under a, a, under the leadership of a guy named um, Don Juan or Don John of Austria, who is the illimited, illegitimate son of Charles V, who is the Holy Roman Emperor. So he was he was the bastard child who led this basically a coalition into battle, and that was kind of interesting because you had a fairly strongly unified Ottoman Empire that was moving west. Um, they just um, conquered Constantinople, is now Istanbul. Um, and you have, you know, in, in Spain, sort of on the, in the west, uh, the Battle of Granada, where this, in Spain they were trying to push the what they called the Saracens or the Moors out of Spain. They had been Spain since, in, since uh, the 700s, and it was until 1492. Um, the Battle of Granada, where um, these kingdoms of Aragon Castile unified and, 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 and finally won this battle. And that was the, the, obviously the not only the turning point in Spain, you had 700 years prior to that. Um, Charles Martel, I love that because I studied hit the, the, the Hammer. His nickname was The Hammer. Talk about a great nickname. Charles Martel, Charles the Hammer. In 732, and Portier's pushed the... Um, the, the Moors back over the Pyrenees, back into Spain. But there's this eminent struggle, and we're sort of at an impasse. In the east, you have the Ottoman Empire has established a presence, a dominant presence, and is now making incursions into Italy. So, um, you know, in, on the, in the Adriatic coast, um, there's a small town that's in, there's like sort of incursions, and they're taken over by the Ottoman Empire and forced into conversion. So um, recently, Pope Francis, I'm told, or I've read, um, canonized 70 martyrs that, that gave up their, 
their life for their faith in when um, when that happened. So there's this, and in the West you've got um, some progress being made in Spain pushing the pushing um, the forces of Islam back into North Africa, and this moment of sort of what's going to happen here, and then you look at the Mediterranean, and in looking at this in a deeper sense, it's like all right. Mediterranean, if you break the word down, it's like Middle Earth, and you kind of likens to, the, if you've read the Lord of the Rings and in Tolkien, it's like this good versus evil, and and this threats. But it, the Mediterranean, what's at stake really is commerce. So if you control the seas, you control the ports. If you control the ports, you control basically the exchange of goods and service. All all this in, in the entire, all of Europe really, is in is in uh, in a bad spot, in a really really bad spot. Then you look at leadership, you know, just kind of the, the sense of not only the coalition, but this really splintered um, leadership. And then this Don Juan of Austria, Don John of Austria, uh, st- steps up to, 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 take, to take the lead and, and pull together this coalition. And then in the, in the Ottoman Empire and Islam, you have, um, you know, the Suleiman the Magnificent. Um, talk about a great name, right? And you could almost, I don't know if this is a connection in, in Tolkien's Lord of the Rings, but... Um, Saruman and Suleiman, like there is almost sim- very similar. I don't, I've never done research on that, but it might be interesting to see if there's actually a connection there. So you've got these these forces um, really, you know, at, at each other's throats. Um, just the magnitude of the threat. Um, the 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 Ottoman power was really growing at the time, and it it threatened all of you know all of Europe really. When you think of about Europe, uh, the tendency is kind of think of about a united Europe, but it's really very splintered. So Italy doesn't really exist. It's a series of kingdoms: um, the Republic of Venice, the Kingdom of Naples, the kingdoms of Sicily and Sardinia, Spain. There's splintered, but somewhat united. The Papal States, Genoa, Tuscany. I mean, you can kind of get the picture of. Uh, you know the this this coalition that's building, and you know all the way up to to Europe to to England and in in the Franks and in in all that. So there's there's a sense of this imminent threat that we have to we have to push back. So if we look at the the magnitude, look, let's look at the battle. The battle itself is um, the, the considered the greatest naval battle of of history. Four more than four hundred ships were in the battle. So you have. On, on the on the, the side of the the Holy League, forty uh, sixty thousand men, so about forty thousand sailors and oarsmen. These are ships that don't have sails, so these are these are rows. So last big battle where they used oars, going back to like the Greeks, right? Twenty thousand soldiers, two hundred plus galleys, and then on the Ottoman side, the the Muslim side, eighty four thousand men, thirteen thousand sailors, thirty four thousand soldiers. Um, and 37,000 oarsmen, and a lot of slaves, <laughs> a lot of Christian slaves. So in 220-plus galleys, the battle itself lasts, you know, a day, one day. Everybody's praying the rosary <laughs> back home, 400 ships, four hours, 40,000 dead. 12,000 Christian slaves are freed. On the side of the Holy Roman Empire, the Holy League, 13 ships are sunk, and on the, the Muslim side, 50 ships are sunk and 130 are captured. So it is a massive victory for the West and for, the, for saving um, Europe. 
And you could just imagine the, the sense of jubilation, relief, where this impending threat, where if this battle had been lost, Europe is lost. Um, all, of the, all the ports going all the way up the Adriatic, the Mediterranean, it, Italy, um, France, Spain, Gibraltar, North Africa, all of that is controlled by the Ottoman Empire. Then you have basically you, you, Europe is, is done. It's absolutely done. So we look at, for me, when I look at this, at this battle, you know, why am I fascinated by it? Why do I want to learn more about it? It was, you know, we face in our lives um, threats that at time look existential, imminent, um, dire, desperate, and we can um, panic. Or in this, in this battle for me represents um, not only a historic, significant battle of Europe, which preserves Christianity, but but even more profound is a pushback of oppression and and in the preservation of Christianity and. Nowadays, that may sound politically incorrect, and, and, and this is and had been the, the turning point in preserving Europe. And now we, we don't fight, and we should fight. We should, good should fight against evil, and we should fight. But primarily, what inspires me is that we, we look to this battle, and it is the, the power of prayer. Um, it's it's the rosary and the praying of the rosary. When I first heard this battle, like I said, when I was in high school, it inspired me because everybody unified in a moment, in a very dire moment, to go to Our Lady and pray through her intercession for 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 peace and for victory in Our Lady of Victory. That she is the the guarantee of victory. That we pray to her, we go to her in moments that are really really dark, like today. Like the moments that we live in today, this is this wasn't unique in history. This happened then, and it's happening again now. And it's not just a fight against radical Islam; it's against the the, the forces of darkness and evil. And I, I go back to, um, you know, reading the Lord of the Rings and in 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 what that certainly would seem that this struggle at the time in the Mediterranean Middle Earth um, inspired Tolkien to write the, that book, but the forces of good and evil fighting against each other and, and just reading in the books and watching the movies, there's there's a sense of sort of desperation, but then there's victory. And that victory, in this case, comes through the intercession of Mary, our Blessed Mother, in praying the rosary. So that's the Battle of Lepanto, significant in so many ways, a victory to preserve Christendom, a major world and spiritual um, event. Um, for Christianity, for the preservation of Christianity. So so you've got the basics of this epic battle. You can take it from here. <laughs> 